in the eye of the storm you remain in control in the middle of the war you guard my soul you alone are the anchor when my sails are torn your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm when the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet between the black skies and my red eyes i can barely see when i realize i've been sold out by my friends and my family i can feel the rain reminding me in the eye of the storm you remain in control that I picture slowly fade away and when the tears of pain and heartache are pouring down my face I find my peace in Jesus name in the eye of the storm you remain in control in the middle of the war you guard my soul Forgive me, I gotta do some shop. So, again, welcome to Well. Thank you for joining us this morning. So, while Corey is on his uh, his vacation, we have a guest pastor, uh, Joel Garrett, and we're really, really looking forward to hear him preach. Today, we're going to be talking about God's deliverance in the midst of hopeless situations and how we can get through that um, as believers and how God comforts us through that. As we begin worship, also want to take time just to remind everybody about the offering and to say thank you again for your continual giving. Um, 
the giving helps us to be out in the community. It's not just for, you know, upkeep and adding more things to the building, but getting outside, like our, our food truck or trailer, I guess we could say, food trailer that's going to get started up, and the tailgating when we do that in football season and all that fun stuff. There are multiple ways to give. Uh, give at lewisburgwell.org. Okay, that's super, super simple. Text to give. Text your amount to the number 84321. And also, you can always just mail it in, mail a check in uh, to 56 Vaughn Lane in Olive Branch. Thank you for your continual giving. The first song we're going to sing is Raise a Hallelujah. And in the midst of the storms and that, in the midst of life that we, we just, we raise a hallelujah. We bring God into the picture and he saves us from it. I raise a hallelujah. Presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. Louder than the unbelief. Sing, raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. My weapon is a melody. Raise a hallelujah. Sing a little louder. 
Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Exodus. This is Exodus chapter 14, verses 19 through 31. Hear these words. The angel of God who was going before the Israelite army moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. This is the word of God for the people of God, and thanks be to God. I'm really uh, grateful to be able to join you all in worship this morning. Uh, My name is Joel Garrett. I'm the youth pastor uh, down the road at Maples Memorial uh, UMC. I knew uh, met Corey kind of through Camp Lake Stevens and uh, some other connections, uh, but really good guy and, and really grateful for the opportunity to be with you all. Maybe, hopefully one day, we can kind of I can, I can come back and we can be together in worship, kind of in uh, for real. But uh, really grateful uh, to be with you all this morning and to read Scripture together. And uh, yeah, so before we look a little bit more at our uh, text for this morning, uh, let's pray together. God, give us eyes to see what you would have us see and ears to hear what you would have us here, that we may be the people you have called us to be. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. So our text this morning comes from the book of Exodus, and it just kind of sets us right down in the middle of the story. And you may know the story. Uh, The sons and daughters of Israel, the Hebrew people, have gone to live in the land of Egypt, 
and they've done great. They've, they've worked really hard, uh, and they've kind of risen to the top and uh, become really uh, a big influence in uh, Egypt. And so much so, in fact, that Pharaoh begins to look at them and sees them as a threat and says, I'm going to make you my slaves because you're, too, you're becoming too powerful. So he makes them slaves. And for years and years, hundreds of years, uh, the Israelites are enslaved and they do backbreaking work under cruel taskmasters and they cry out. Uh, but God hears their cries. And so God sends a messenger. God sends Moses uh, to be the agent of God's uh, deliverance for uh, Israel. Um, so God sends Moses, tells Pharaoh to let my people go, but Pharaoh's heart is very hard, and it takes a series of nasty plagues in order to get Pharaoh to relent. But he does. He does relent. Finally, he says, you know what? Just take, take your flocks, take your herds, take, take whatever you want, just get out of here. Just, I'm, I'm done. Leave. So, uh, quickly, the Israelites, uh, they gather their children, they corral all their animals, they just pack what they can. It's not even time for the bread to rise, they just got to take it unleavened and get out of there. Uh, there's a window for freedom that's opened, and they got to move quickly before Pharaoh changes his mind. But, of course, that's exactly what Pharaoh does. He realizes he's made a great mistake in letting the Israelites go, and so he gathers his horses, his chariots, the bows and spears. Uh, all the armies of Egypt are gathered together to set off in pursuit of Israel. Now, when Israel made their escape to freedom, they didn't go by the easier route. Instead, they went by the way that God led them. And so as Israel's traveling through the wilderness, uh, escaping from Egypt, God tells them one night to camp by the sea, the Sea of Reeds, or what we have come to call the Red Sea. And we need to pause here for a moment. The Israelites were not seafaring folk. They, they weren't sailors. Uh, the sea for the Hebrew people was a place of great dread and danger. Fresh running water was, of course, uh, essential for their life, but the sea, or even just a really big lake, which may be the case here, the sea was something else. The sea for the Hebrews meant uh, violence and, and chaos. It meant deep, dark forces that existed even before the world, and in fact that God tamed these forces to, to make the world as the first, gen the first verses of Genesis tell us. So Israel, Israel is not out for a day at the lake. Uh, they're probably wondering what God was thinking and telling them to camp by the sea. But soon, an even greater fear overtakes them because here comes Pharaoh. Here comes all the armies of Egypt advancing on the Israelites and there is no retreat with a thousand bows and a thousand spears at their backs. And the sea to their front, they're caught. There's nowhere to go. They're trapped, caught between Pharaoh's army 
and the impassable sea. And despair begins to sink in for Israel. They, they, they yell, they cry out to Moses, Why did you bring us here? Why did you bring us out of Egypt only to die here at the shores of the sea? We would have been better off as slaves in Egypt. But Moses, Moses who has seen the burning bush and the many great works that God has already done against Egypt, Moses says, Be still. This is the Lord's fight, not yours. Wait and watch what God will do. And now we're coming to the part of the story that I won't try to retell. And for one thing, the biblical authors are way better storytellers than I am, so I should probably just quit while I'm ahead. But for another thing, whatever the Israelites experienced here at the sea is beyond my ability to understand, uh, much less to talk about. Somehow, they saw the mightiest, most powerful army in the known world reduced to nothing. Somehow, they saw the inevitable triumph of their enemies thwarted just in time. Somehow, they saw life and hope where there was only death and despair. Somehow, they saw salvation. And so Moses and the people do what you know, humans often do when we're feeling really terrific. They break out into song. This is from Exodus 15, uh, after Israel has crossed the sea. Moses and the people sing together, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Who is like thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, majestic in holiness, terrible in glorious deeds, doing wonders? The Lord will reign forever and ever. The message here is clear. God is victorious over Pharaoh, over all the armies of Egypt, and there is no power like him. God's reign will not be subverted, and the hosts of evil all finally fall before him. And that would be a great place to end this sermon. If only 2020 wouldn't have been the year that it has been. That would be a great place to stop. If only oppression and violence and despair had finally been swallowed up that day at the shores of the Red Sea. We could maybe end it there if only it didn't seem that God's will for the world to flourish under his reign was actually being subverted.
Last summer, I was at a large youth retreat at North Carolina, and I remember a conversation uh, that we had uh, in one of our breakout groups with the adult leaders, and we heard from a woman whose son had been struggling uh, for years with a physical and mental disability. She told us, you know, he just hasn't seemed to be making any progress. It had become a deeply painful wound in their life, and she just couldn't see when it would get better. I just ask, she told us, how long, O Lord, how long? Not a month ago, the walls of the sea closed in on East Texas and Louisiana. And when the violence in the deeps of the sea made landfall, as many as 30 human lives were wiped out in the storm. And daily, we see lives lost across the country to a new disease and to old hatreds that we can't seem to overcome. Where is God's mighty hand driving back the walls of the sea? Where is God's victory when we find ourselves caught with Egypt at our backs and the waters before us and the seas have yet to part? I'm not sure there's a satisfying answer to this question, or even an answer at all. Yet, the gospel does not abandon us to weak resignation to the evils that we face. It does not abandon us to despair. J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of The Lord of the Rings, uses a great phrase in his stories, just two words, and it's beyond hope. Beyond hope. His characters say this, they will say it whenever they find themselves in truly dire situations. They will say this because they know that by all appearances, Things are not going to come out all right. You might even say that they lose hope. And yet, in that very moment, they begin to look beyond what they hoped for, past their hopes, to something else. I think the good news of our story this morning is not that whatever we wish for our lives, God will make happen. It's not that Pharaoh always gets what's coming to him. And it's not even that we will always see the waters part in front of us. No. The real good news, 
is that the Lord of nations, of seas and skies, looks down from his throne to deliver us beyond our hopes, beyond our wants and wishes. Beyond hope, Israel was delivered from Egypt. And beyond hope, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. The fight is his, not ours. He has conquered. And beyond hope, we look to him. His is the victory and the honor and glory forever and ever. Let's pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for the words of Scripture. We give you thanks for the memory of your great works. We ask that you give us something beyond hope, O Lord. Give us yourself. That in whatever circumstances we face, uh, however violent the waters are before us, even in the midst of hopelessness, O Lord, give us your Spirit to be our guide, now and always. We ask these things in the name of your Son and our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so, 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 so much, Joel. Thank you so much. That was, that was awesome. Okay, so for our house churches, uh, as usual, we have our discussion questions. Um, the first one for this sermon was, has there been a season in your life when you had to wait for a difficult thing to pass or for a good thing to come? You know, and what was that like? And the next one is, what are some ways that we as the church can maintain hope in the midst of situations that may seem hopeless or as, as Joel said, beyond hope? And then the last one is going to be, how could it change our worldview to know that God's final victory over the destructive powers of the world is assured? Okay, so be discussing those questions in your um, house churches. I need to grab our benediction. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. That's Exodus fourteen thirty one. So as we go through all of this time, um, just know that God has the final victory. Go in peace, and may the peace of God be with you now and forever. Amen.